step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, episode number 250. It doesn't matter how slow you go, just as long as you don't stop. Mongo Wilder. Broadcasting from the back alley in Hollywood, it's the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, where we show you how to survive and thrive as an indie filmmaker in the jungles of the film biz. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome to a special episode of the Indie Film Hustle Podcast. I am your humble host for the 250th time, Alex Ferrari. Today's episode is brought to you by Blackbox. Blackbox is a new platform and community that is all about financial freedom for filmmakers like you. If you join Blackbox, you will be transformed from being a worker to being a maker of your own content, and you'll be making steady passive income from the global market. Blackbox currently allows you to upload your stock footage once, get it to many global agencies, and then allows you to share that passive income stream with your collaborators. Whether you want to submit old footage that's been sitting around in your hard drives or create brand new content, Blackbox is for you. It's really quite revolutionary. With Blackbox, filmmakers can concentrate on making great content while Blackbox takes care of all the business BS. Just visit www.blackbox.global to find out more. Today's show is also sponsored by Studio Unknown. Studio Unknown is a crack team of audio post professionals known for quality sound on any indie budget. Whether you need a lush surround sound mix or a quick festival submission pass, Studio Known can help you with all of your post-sound needs, from sound design and mix to Foley, ADR, and even a custom score. Contact Studio Known and mention the Indie Film Hustle podcast, and you'll get 50% off one day of ADR or 10% off your complete post-sound package. Just go to studiounknown.com. So guys, I can't believe we are here. This is episode number 250. I have been yapping for 250 plus episodes with the throwbacks and specials and also so forth. But this is the official 250th episode. I want to first and foremost thank all of the Indie Film Hustle tribe for being so supportive of me and what I'm doing here at Indie Film Hustle for the last three years. We are coming up on the three year anniversary of IndieFilmHustle.com. I am super excited. I can't wait to uh, show you guys what I've been working on in the lab. You know me when I'm working. It's uh, it's it's dangerous for everybody involved. But thank you again so much for all the support. And I'm so glad that Indie Film Hustle has been able to be a beacon, hopefully, and a source of information for independent filmmakers out there to empower them to go out and make films. And that's what I'm here to do to help you. And today's episode, 
I wanted to do something special for the episode number 250. So I wanted to tell you guys how not to make an indie film. I have gone through many, many movies in my career uh, in post-production, been involved in many, probably over 50, 60 features at this point in my career. And I've seen every gambit from $10 million movies to $3,000 movies. And I've learned a lot of what to do and especially what not to do. And I was sitting here thinking the other day about the world of independent film and where we're sitting today in 2018. And looking around, I saw a bunch of things that I don't, I don't hear a lot of people talking about. So in today's episode, I'm going to lay it all on the line. And at the end of the episode, around the end of the episode, I'm going to give you the secrets on how to be a successful independent filmmaker, how you can cut through all of the crap out there and make money selling your feature film, your video content, or your series. So let's talk about current market conditions for independent filmmaking, for independent films in general. I'm, I'm noticing that there is just so much competition for your eyeballs out there. It is insane. You've got Netflix paying $1 to $2 million per episode of shows that they have on their, on their platform. Not to mention Hulu and Amazon, uh, YouTube, video games, network television. There is more content than ever before. There is thousands. I think I forgot there's like 250 series uh, being uh, produced currently, if not more this year, for all of these different channels and platforms. It is There's so much stuff to watch. And just me personally... I have things in my queue that I probably will never get to because every time I'm about to watch something new, something else comes up, another movie comes up, another series I want to watch comes up, and they're so good that you want to watch them. And I tell you this because this is your competition, guys. As independent filmmakers, as video creators, as content creators, this is what you are competing against. You're competing against million-dollar franchise shows, your big time 200 300 million dollar movies, uh video games that cost 200 million dollars, 300 million dollars to produce. You know, there's so much entertainment out there, but that's what the independent filmmaker and the and the content creator is fighting. That's who your competition is. And I don't say this to kind of bring you guys down, but I want you guys to know the truth, the reality and how you can approach it accordingly. Because the days of just like I'm going to make my little independent film and put it out and it's just going to, you know, people are going to find it. Those days are gone. Absolutely gone. We are not in the 90s anymore. Kevin Smith and Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino are not walking down the streets of Park City at Sundance anymore. Those days are gone. Okay? Those days are gone. And I want you to be very clear about that. And I know a lot of you out there right now are in prepping a movie or about to start a movie or just finished a movie or in posting a movie. And I might get you really depressed after this episode, so hopefully I won't, but hopefully you're not doing anything that I'm going to say you're doing, but I've got to lay it out there. I got to be truthful and I got to be blunt to help you guys out. So a few things that you cannot do anymore, you cannot make a broad comedy or a drama with no stars, or for that matter, an action with no stars. Believe it or not, star power, as much as they say it is gone it is still a thing, okay, especially overseas. It is a very viable thing to help your movie stand apart and make it more marketable. So 
Even domestically, that's the case as well. So perfect example, Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Those guys can't open a book in, in the United States. They can't open anything. They can't open a movie. They can't, they're not worth a whole lot here. They're still worth something, but not a lot. But overseas, they're killing it and have been killing it for decades. So you have Jean-Claude in your movie. You've got um, Steven Seagal in your movie. You're automatically sold in certain in certain territories around the world. It's just business, automatic, just because they're in the movie. So understand that, that you cannot just go out and try to make this a comedy. Let's say you're going to make a comedy, and you're going to try to make a comedy that is like a Judd Apatow comedy, that is very broad, that you're trying to hit as many people as humanly possible. Those days are gone. Same thing for dramas. You can't just make a, a very broad drama that you're trying to hit everybody. You can't hit everybody. You do not have the resources or the money to make your film, to get the awareness for your film that you need like the studios do. I mean, there's nobody on the planet that didn't know that Justice League was going to be released last summer, okay? Because they spent $200 million plus dollars just diluting the planet on their marketing and advertising so you are aware of their movie. You cannot do that. So if you make a movie that's a broad comedy, you know, like a Dumb and Dumber or or just a comedy that you're trying to aim at, at a very large audience, you're dead. Even with big stars in it sometimes, it's not going to happen. I've seen huge movies with big name stars that were done independently that died, that made no money because they cannot get the awareness to get people to see that movie. There's just too much competition. Now, there are a few, there are a few genres that don't rely on star power. Horror, obviously, is one of them. It's one of the few genres that does that does not rely on star power. Though, right now, there's just way, way, way too much inventory of horror movies. If you went to, I went to AFM last year. Anytime anyone even opened their mouth about horror, they didn't want to hear about it. Unless he even had a star in it. And even then, they wouldn't want to talk about it. They just did not want to hear it. There's too much horror out there because it's very cheap to make. And now everybody's got a horror movie because everyone thinks they're paranormal activity or something along those lines. You know, so you're competing with Bloomhouse and those kind of guys um, when you're in the horror genre. And it's just not a good genre to get into. Again, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you in a little bit how you can get into those genres without uh, star power and, and and still make a profit. But I'll talk to, I'll talk about that in a minute. Another another genre that does not rely too heavily on star power is family dramas, family films in general. Uh, just stars, that, that basically that it's a family film, whether it's a dog movie or it's a, oh, I'm going to go play, I, I discovered the Loch Ness Monster and it's a family. Anything that's family friendly. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now back to the show. It is so valuable right now. If you make fam- family-friendly films, you are in a gold mine. There is such a need for family films out there. I'm not even joking. So if you can make family films, you don't need a lot of stars. You don't need any stars. But if you can have a face or two, always have a face or two. Anytime you can have a recognizable face in your film, do it. But family films is another uh, genre uh, of films that does not rely too heavily on star power. But someone like Kirk Cameron, who was uh, Caleb, who was on a, an episode just recently, uh, Kirk Cameron, who is very heavy in the faith-based films, Kirk Cameron's not a very big star anymore. He was, a, you know, he was at one point huge television star, but you know, in in the grand scope of movies and theatrical films, he's not a very big star anymore. But in the world of faith of faith-based films, my God, he is a juggernaut. Because he is a recognizable face in a genre that people, and he's really positioned himself and the brand of himself into something that works for faith-based films. So if you can have uh, recognizable faces or even a little star power, always get it. But family films do not rely heavily on that. Uh, Dramas, thrillers, and even action films are extremely hard to sell without any star power. Dramas in general are difficult to sell because they don't travel very well. Comedies are difficult to sell overseas because comedy is different from territory to territory, country to country. Thrillers do a little bit better because you can kind of you kind of sell it on genre a little bit, but not as much as horror. And even action movies, and generally action films cost a whole lot of money to make. So if you don't have star power behind it, you're kind of really rolling the dice uh, again. Now, one of the big examples I can give you is This Is Meg. Now, my film This Is Meg did not have any major stars in it, but had a tremendous amount of recognizable faces. All television and feature film, uh, you know, character actors that everybody here in the United States would recognize these people's faces. And because of that, I think is one of the main reasons we were able to sell uh, to Hulu at the time that we were able to sell it. And we also had a bunch of things going for us that it was a female lead. She was Latina. It was it was checking off a lot of boxes, let's say. But, um, but the recognizable faces helped me a lot. Now, another thing you can look into is uh, television stars. You don't need to have big movie stars in your movies, especially for overseas stuff. But in, in uh, if you get a good television star that is huge overseas, so like if you've got someone like in CSI, Hawaii Five O, Criminal Minds, these shows have traveled overseas so much and they're so popular that those stars have extreme star power overseas. so And you can get them a lot of times much more affordably than you can get big movie stars in your movie. So def- definitely look at that as well. 
Now, one of the things that you should always do if you're if you're trying to make a movie and trying to sell it to the marketplace is talk to distribution companies and talk to producers reps before you actually go out and make the movie if you can. This way you know what they're looking for and you and they say, look, if you have this person or this person in it, you're going to sell this, 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 and this in their territory and you can expect X amount of dollars back. Uh, that's really helps you out a lot and a really smart thing to do as a producer uh, if you're going after that that market. Now, if you're making an indie movie because it's personal, because uh, it's something that's very passionate, you're very passionate about, this is a different conversation, guys. If you're going to go down that route, which is what I did with not only This Is Meg, but also Ego and Desire, is I keep the budget really, really low. The lower the budget, the more power you have, the more uh, freedom you have, if you will, to be able to experiment, to be able to go out there and do things. This Is Meg was not supposed to sell in as many territories as it did. It was not supposed to sell to Hulu. It was not supposed to sell to China and to South Africa, but it did. And I was shocked that it did. I was honestly shocked uh, because it was a very experimental little film that I put together. We shot it in eight days. It was, you know, me and two other people on a crew and we just kind of rolled with it. Um, but I took that risk because the budget was extremely low. So the lower the budget, the more freedom you have to be ex- experimental. But really, if you guys are, you know, breaking that $30,000, dollars $50,000 barrier for budget, you really need to really think about how are you going to get your money back? Now, if you can throw away 30, 40, 50 grand and not worry about it, please call me. No, <laughs> um, but seriously, if you can't throw that money away, then don't worry about it. Whatever that, whatever that number is for you, where you know, like, if I lose this, it's not going to kill me. That's where, once you break past that that line, that number, it's really when you got to start thinking about, wait a minute, if I'm going to throw 100 grand into this, how am I going to recoup my money? You know, I, I speak to so many filmmakers who don't have any stars in their movies, who go out there and spend 75, 90, 100 grand, 150 grand on movies and don't don't have a, a plan of how to make their money back. And it's just, just so frustrating. So please, um, if you are going to go past that budget, really start thinking about how you're going to make your money back with all the things I told spoke about before. So that's all the doom and gloom of what not to do and all this kind of stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you the secret to being a successful independent filmmaker. I'm going to tell you the secret on how you can be profitable on your feature film that you're making or your video content or your you know uh, YouTube content or even a series or things like that that you're creating. The best way for anyone making films, independent films today is to niche down. When I say niche, is to find a group, a, a, a segment of the population that you can focus the content towards. With the world flooding with content and content, the best way for you to cut through all the noise is to create content that is niche to a specific audience. So I'm going to give you a few examples. On the Corner of Ego and Desire, which is my latest feature film, that movie is specifically designed for my niche audience, which happens to be independent filmmakers, film buffs, people who like cinema or the making of cinema or the process of making movies. That's who I'm aiming it at. And it's a very small niche audience. It's not going to be making tons and tons of money. I'm not going to make millions off of this, but it is about that audience. So I 
constructed my entire movie around my audience. On the Corner of Ego Desire, it is as perfectly built for independent filmmakers, for filmmakers, for people who are interested in filmmaking than any film I've ever seen in my life. But it is niched that way, very specifically, and I kept my budget ridiculously low. And one day I'll tell you guys what that budget is, but not just yet. Um, but that's what I did. Uh, and because of that, I, I honestly, honestly, to the bottom of my heart, know that once we release this film into the world, it's going to do very well. It's going to do well enough to make its money back, get it out there, and I'll make a little bit of money, a little bit of profit on it, and everybody who was involved will get a little bit of money as well for working on it because I niched it down. I always talk about the Vegan Chef movie. The Vegan Chef movie is, let's say you're going to make a romantic comedy. Now, this is a different thing. A lot of the rules that I said earlier kind of go out the window when you niche it down. So the Vegan Chef movie, you make a movie about a vegan chef who falls in love with a meat eater. And it's a romantic comedy and it's a blah, blah, blah and all that kind of good stuff. You're aiming it at specifically um, the vegan audience, the healthy eating audience, the paleo people, uh, the vegetarians of the world. These are specific segments of the population that you're creating content for. Do you have to understand something? That when you're, just do, ask yourself this question. When you watch content, why are you watching it? When you watch a movie, when you watch a show, why are you watching it? Because at some level, it's something that you're interested in, that you find entertaining or educational in one way, shape, or form. You have to think that way for your projects and your films to be affecting other people. The reason why I watch a documentary on Netflix is because I'm interested in that specific topic. Not all documentaries, but that specific topic because it interests me. So I'm watching all the content that I watch is because I'm interested in that. So if I if you can create content that is specifically built for me, I will watch it. I will skip by the $200 million you know, latest blockbuster that I'm kind of, eh, okay, I might watch it. I might not watch it. If it's nothing else on, I'll watch it. But I'll skip right by that. I'll skip by the $50, $60 million episodes uh, or series, seasons of, of shows because, eh, okay, I'm interested in kind of entertaining. But if it's something that really sings to me, something that really just turns me on in one way, shape, or form, that's what I'm going to watch. So I watch documentaries. I watch shows. I watch uh, films and series that are specifically are things that I watch. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. And now, back to the show. 
And I promise you that if you ask yourself that question, that's what you do too, because that's what human beings do. You're going to watch things that are entertaining to you and that are interesting to you. So you've got to find a way to cut through that audience and, and get to that audience. So now let's say you do that vegan chef movie. You got to start building that audience. You got to go after where that audience lives and you got to sell this product to that audience. And that's a whole other conversation about audience building and all that kind of good stuff. Ancillary products like creating, uh, you know, cooking uh, courses, uh, vegan cooking courses that you can sell along with that movie and so on. Uh, a great story uh, that we did on episode number 167, which I highly recommend everyone listening to this episode go out right after this and listen to episode number 167. It is the Range 15 story. This is a perfect example of what I am talking about. Range 15, if you guys don't remember that episode, is about uh, a bunch of military guys that opened up a t-shirt company years ago, and they're one of the leading t-shirt and apparel people, uh, companies for the military, police, fire firefighters, and so on. They decided to make a movie one day, and they aimed that movie specifically towards their audience. And what happened? Long story short, you can hear the whole story on that episode. Long story short, they made over $3 million just on ticket sales, selling it directly on iTunes and on, uh, I think it's just iTunes. It's iTunes and Amazon, maybe, I think. Those were the only two places. Yeah, Amazon and iTunes were the only two places they sold their movie. They skipped through all the distribution. They didn't go anything. They went straight to their audience. Now, they had a big audience to begin with, and they built it up even more, but they made content for that audience. Anybody outside that subgenre or that niche is not really going to be interested in that movie. It's a, it's a zombie action comedy you know, a bunch, about a bunch of military guys running around trying to save the world. Now, you might find a few people outside of that niche that are interested, but the guys that they had starring in it were like real Purple Heart winners, real people who had had been you know had been in war and that were famous within their niche and it was fascinating sure they had a little bit of star power because they were able to raise a bunch of money on crowdfunding and all that stuff so they had a little bit of star power uh fun 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 actors like william shatner and uh sean astin and keith david uh and danny trejo of course because danny trejo legally has to be in every movie ever made um but they did, and they were fun little, uh, fun little uh, cameos that they did in the movie. But the majority of the cast was people who they were aiming at their niche, and they knew exactly what their audience wanted, and they built content for it. That is the future of content creation. That is the future of independent film. That's the future of creating series. That is the future of what you guys are trying to do. You have to understand this, and I want you to get it really clear in your head that you really need to understand this concept of niching down, okay? Make yourself a skateboard movie, a surfing movie, an environmental film, faith-based films. All of those are sub-genres that our audiences are hungry for and will cut through all of the other crap out there if it rings true to them, okay? If you're very religious and you really want to watch faith-based stuff, that they'll watch that over anything Hollywood is producing. Much faster. I've worked on faith-based films in post. I saw it happen. I was like, wow. They, you know, they did that movie and it had one star in it and it was really just a faith-based film and they sold it and they made millions off of it. It was fascinating to watch. You know, skateboarding movies, um, DJ movies, all of these are sub-genres. These are sub, uh, subcultures of people and an audience that is hungry 
four films. I, I worked on a movie once that was a hot rod movie. It was a movie specifically designed for people who loved hot rods. There's a whole subculture of people who are, you know, the, the rockabilly world, and they just, you know, they love classic cars and hot rods. They made a movie specifically for that audience and sold it to them and sold a ton of them, of movies to the, that audience. It was fascinating to watch. And that's what I, I really want to get clear to you guys is if you remember anything from this episode, remember this saying, the riches are in the niches, okay? The riches are in the niches. How you're going to be successful and cut through all this crap that's out there is to understand that concept. Niche down. Go down into a niche. Make something for a specific audience, okay? Make something for a very specific audience, and that way you'll be able to cut through all of this other crap out there. I promise you. Ask yourself the question, what do you watch and why do you watch it? If a doc, if you collect comic books and there's a show on, on AMC about comic books, like the comic book men with Kevin Smith, I watch that show because I love comic books, you know, and I'm a fan of Kevin's. So it's something that rings to me. I will watch that over a $200 million movie. That 30 minutes of the day or, or, or a series, if I, if I stream the whole thing and watch the whole thing in a row, I'll watch that over hundreds of millions of dollars worth of, of series and movies and other content because it means something to me. It's something I'm interested in. So please, listen to my words. The riches are in the niches. You really don't have the resources to compete with the studio system, with other films, with big monster stars and big marketing budgets. The way that you'll be able to cut through all of that and compete at a level that you can make money at and be successful at is if you understand the concept, the riches are in the niches. Now, I hope this episode helped you guys out. I hope it shook you a little bit to the core, which I hope it did. Uh, it took me a long time to understand this concept. Uh, and you know, when I was doing my earlier projects and stuff like that, I was going after a very broad audience with my shorts and, and other projects I worked on. But once I understood that you really got to niche down, at least at this level, look, when you're working at the studio systems, you're going you're gonna to make the next Pirates of the Caribbean. You don't really have to niche. That's not a niche. Now you're going after a very broad audience. Uh, but if you're working in the independent world, please understand those concepts. If you want to hear, if you want links to anything I talked about in this episode, head over to IndieFilmMuscle.com forward slash 250. And I can't believe it, guys. We are actually 250 in. Thank you again so, so much. I really, really appreciate it. I'd also like to thank our new sponsor, Streamlit.com. Now, if you're selling your film on Amazon Prime and noticing that you're not getting a whole lot of cash for it nowadays, think about also putting it on Streamlit. It is a SVOD platform, a subscription-based platform where your movie will not be buried. It's free to submit and has a royalty rate three times as much as Amazon. So you get to keep all the rights. So if you want to submit your film today, go to Streamlet.com. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-L-E-T-T-E.com. And I'll leave links to it in the show notes. Thanks again for 250 and here's to 250 more and beyond. As always, keep that hustle going. Keep that dream alive and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Hustle podcast at IndieFilmHustle.com. That's I-N-D-I-E F-I-L-M-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. 